Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 297 for August 17th, 2020. Today's guest is musician and activist Izzy Jacobus, also my friend, and I am your host, Michael Heron. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City. On this podcast, I have conversations with fellow creators who use their creativity to change the world. I've been sending this podcast to your ears for 15 years. If you like what you hear, subscribe using the colorful buttons in the sidebar and photo at MikeyPod.com, or just search MikeyPod in your favorite podcast directory. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at MichaelHeron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at MichaelHeron, or you can email me at mikeypod at gmail.com. There's another thing I want to add. I've been driving a lot, or not a lot, but way more than usual. Um, And I've been listening to the radio and WNYC. They always say, use your smart speaker to listen to us. You can do that with this podcast too. You could just tell your smart speaker um, to stop spying on you in other ways and start playing uh, the latest episode of the Mikey Pod podcast. If you just tell it that, it'll play the latest episode. I just tried it. It's really cool. Um, I, you may have to, I can't remember if I set up settings on mine um, with a default uh, podcast app or something. You may need to do that. Um, or it may just go right and do it. Let me know how that works for you. Uh, I think it's kind of cool. I was thinking that like back at, when I first started doing this podcast 15 years ago, over 15 years ago, back in the day, I would not have believed that it would have become a thing like it felt like just this goofy thing that i was doing now it feels like a goofy thing that i'm doing that other people are also doing um yeah so there you go i felt like checking in also today about the world specifically the united states it feels really bad are you feeling that way too like i feel pretty hopeless i think is the word You know, watching the stimulus thing happening in the Senate and the way that people are really not in a good place and our government is just completely useless. Um, Man, I don't even want to go into it. But the the thing I want to say is, man, I feel like shit about all of this. (laughs) Like, it feels really bad to be feeling really powerless as things feel like they're crumbling all around. And I'm curious... If you're feeling that way too, and if you're not in the United States, how are things where you are? Um, And what are you doing to cope with this? Yeah, I think my thing lately has been, you know, uh, my less than healthy coping skill is to shut down and scroll on the internet, on social media endlessly, um, or watch TV, or really just kind of not move forward. So the things that really help me are doing things like putting this podcast together, working on music, um, reaching out to other people, and remembering we're not alone. So, oh, I feel like it's just getting worse um, in a really like, okay, kind of way. So that's not like the most cheerful thing, but I guess I just need to start talking about that feeling of awfulness. So there we are. Like, my immediate needs are met, and that's a super great thing. I have a little bit more money in savings, so I'm going to be okay. Like, it looks like my my main work is teaching, and a lot of my students are coming back. It looks like all of that's going to happen. And maybe at some point, um, you know, (laughs) these stimulus things are going to start happening in the United States, and we're going to stop fighting about wearing masks and instead take care of each other. 
Um, and maybe we will get a different president that's not as shitty, but it's probably still a problem. Um, but at least we won't be having as as bad. Um, yeah. So there's my hope for the future. <laughs> Sorry if that's a bummer. Um, but really, let me know. Like, reach out to me. Let me know. Uh, and maybe I'm wrong about some of these things. Uh, probably not. Um, as always, this podcast is powered by my patrons on Patreon. I just put a new pop filter on my mic, so hopefully that helped with that sentence, because that's a lot of plosives. As always, this podcast is powered by my patrons on Patreon, who get bonus podcasts every time I episode, uh, release an episode. There's a second podcast that accompanies it that goes up only on Patreon or on my protected page on uh, MikeyPod.com. Um, what else they get? Cool stuff. <laughs> Behind the scenes things. Downloads of all my music. I send a quarterly zine. What, uh, the goal is for that to be a quarterly zine. Um, I've been sort of connecting differently with my patrons and it's really cool. I'm trying to rework things over there. And I should add, also, I have a new patron, Britt, who, if you listened to last week's podcast, you met. Thanks, Britt, for joining um, my group of subscribers. And um, yeah, so if you like this podcast and you're in a place to do so, you can subscribe at patreon.com. And um, it's patreon.com slash Michael Heron. All right. I think that's all my check-ins. I feel guilty now about saying like negative bummer things and also i just often don't feel like i want to go on and on too much about anything but i don't think i did too bad and um yeah i think it's a real thing to check in about so hopefully you relate um and i know you will enjoy this interview that's coming up with izzy jacobus and of course as i mentioned on wednesday there will be a new um bonus podcast on patreon with more conversation with izzy which was actually a really fun conversation too uh in the meantime and before we get to that interview, I'm going to play for you a track from Izzy. It's called No Excuse. And incidentally, I helped produce this track. The two of us worked on this music part, uh, the, the the track, the music. Um, and it was a really fun project. And I feel really proud of it. So here's No Excuse from Izzy. And we'll hear the interview right after this.
is the word, I got no fucks, no kidding And no, we not gon' stop We all not built for that quick shit We all rock, all solid, all Donald Watsons I got the side of righteousness, what you got, son? Be the change, make a move, see the range of possibilities Grease the groove and be strange Against the grain, fight the man, derail the plan If only just because you can How the fuck you gon' deny it? You kill because you like it Because you don't really need it Really don't need to wear it or eat it was no excuse from Izzy and joining me right now is Izzy Jacobus. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, sir. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I was also going to check and ask, do I say your last name right? I think I've only ever seen it written down, even though we know each other in person. Okay. Uh, did you say my, you didn't say my last name. Say my last name. I said it the second time, Jacobus. Yeah, yeah. So that, I guess, is how my father pronounces it. Some people say it's supposed to be Jacobus. And if you are in Holland, it's Jakobus. Oh, so now I know how to say it if I go to Holland. Well, I mean, yeah, you should go to Amsterdam and people will laugh at you. When I went to Amsterdam, I went there and I checked into the hotel. And when you write down, um, when you write down Jacobus, they, you know, or, or give them your name, they kind of smirk at you like, all right, visiting the motherland, huh? Like, it's like, uh. <laughs> It's like the second most popular name in Holland or something silly like that. I don't know. And then to top it off, you pronounce it wrong. Completely wrong. Americanized. Oh, fuck that. (laughs) Uh, So let's talk about the song that we just listened to. Uh, No excuse. Yeah. Um, What a banger. Oh, thank you, I just wanted to say that. You have to say it because you helped make it. (laughs) Yay. We worked together on that track. Um, Uh, We worked together on that track. We did work together on that track. That was so much fun, even though it took forever. Yeah. Let's not talk about my fussiness. I'm fussy. I feel like I was very fussy during that process. You know, I mean, I think that it is understandable to get fussy, particularly when you're working on the minutiae of electronic music, you know, and and it's, you know, it's some of it is annoying and tedious and it's completely understandable but it's fun too like and it's very satisfying like i love the track i feel really proud of it good i'm glad you do i like it too i mean um it was the first rap song i've done in more than two decades you know which is weird i never thought i would do any rap or hip-hop or whatever category that falls into more not really hip-hop it's rap music definitely but i don't know if i'd call it hip-hop um but yeah i never thought i would do really any again so it was really fun to get back to it and and i thought that it would be a one and done and i might even do another one at some point Ooh. 
<laughs> tell us. Wait, before you tell us more about what might be coming. Yeah, yeah. Tell us. Let's talk about the track. Okay. Because there are some different levels of things happening here, and even though I know because we did it, I right. was in on it. Um, is that too vague? To like, tell me about the track. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you about, but so. Um, it was a long time coming. Actually, about two years ago when I was at the Animal Rights March in New York City and I was thinking about the no excuse for animal abuse, um, you know, normal call and response thing that happens. And it's it's so ubiquitous throughout the animal rights community and through all of these types of protests. I was like, what a great idea for like a, a, a chorus for a rap song or, 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 you know, it would be so cool. And I think it could get people really amped up to want to participate in a chorus that they know and that they're f- so familiar with. Um, and it would be a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it was like, I, I, once again, was thinking of for someone else, not even for myself, because, you know, I had a music career for years, but hadn't been doing hadn't been doing music for quite some time. And surely, as I said, never saw myself if I got back into it really doing rap. I was I, I saw myself doing other styles of music. But so. You know, one night sitting around drinking, I, you know, was listening to some of my old beats and I heard a couple of lyrics, which became that sort of second chorus Um, and, you know, was 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 really into that. And I kept running around to different people in the animal rights community that I knew also liked rap music and hip hop, Philly Stallone and all these guys. And I was like, imagine how cool this would be. Listen to this, listen to this lyric. I think it'd be so cool. And then the no excuse for animal abuse. And I was, you know, jumping up and down the screaming and thinking about all this fun stuff. Um, and they were all like, yeah, that sounds cool. But like, you know, <laughs> not, not super excited. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. So and, wait, sorry to interrupt you, but I want to like a couple things I want to talk about in that what yeah. you just said. Were sure. you in your mind? Were you like showing it to them in hopes that they'd be like, oh, yeah, I want to record this and they would do it? Were you not yet in the mindset of doing it yourself? Yeah. So at minimum figured I was going to do like a collaboration with a couple of the like I don't know this TK, the artist guy, but I know that he's a local rapper, animal rights rapper guy. Philly Stallone is a local rapper, animal rights guy. So I was thinking that I would just make originally I was just thinking I would make the beat, put the no excuse sample over the top of it and like give it out to people who wanted a background song for their animal rights video or something along those lines and maybe even no verses or Yes, the possibility of doing a version of it and giving it to one of them to work on if it was good or some sort of collaboration where we each did a verse. Uh, the other question I had, and I feel like I sidetracked you, sorry. Um, okay. There, you, you talked about you were listening to some of your old beats and you heard this these verses sort of, sort of start shaping up. What's, yes. What's that process? Like you heard like your the ideas for your own words came up then? Is that kind of what your process was like? Sure. So when I when I was a musician professionally for years, I was mostly a vocalist on stage 
doing either spoken or sung lyrics, so either rap or more rock style music and things like that, sometimes funk or reggae-ish, so sung vocals. But after I was done with that portion of, of my music career, I pretty much just had a studio where I made lots of demos for people, right? And so the way that I got business by that was I would just throw out these CDs of 30 or 40 beats on them, instrumentals, People would pick one and it made my job really easy. They could come in and literally do a demo of three or four songs in a weekend because the beats were almost done. I would just change them slightly. And so I still had these things. And every once in a while, I listened to them to think about, oh, I'm going to get back into this. And I, of course, never do. But sometimes I'm listening to them. Yeah. And I start to hear Sometimes it's just a couple of words. Rap music is so different to write than any other style of music. It's really unusual that, you know, hip hop was made for everyone to be able to do it. It's super simplistic. People used to say in back at the beginning of rap music, it's not music. And I used to agree with them and say, you're correct. It's not music. It's just a portion of music. It's just the rhythmic portion. And they would say rap is real easy. Anybody can do it. And I would say, yes, it is easy. Everyone should be able to do it. That's the point of it. And and it was made like that so that everybody could participate and everybody could have their own little rap. And so when you get used to doing it, it just kind of flows out of you. Sometimes it's crap, but but it's fun to do because it is so simplistic sometimes. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a reductionist way to look at it, I suppose. But it's, it's, it's a simple music that'll, that, that you can make tons of and very quickly do. That's why freestyling came up and improvisational. I used to make a bet with any of my friends that I could teach you how to freestyle rap in a week. Literally how to make it up as it's coming out of your mouth. And be able to rap on, you know, in a, in a rhythmic manner. I can't make you not sound like a tinny, squeaky white guy if I teach you how to rap. Michael. <laughs> I, However, I'm taking this very personally. <laughs> However, I can teach you how to do it. And, and I figured out a method to be able to teach people to learn how to freestyle, which is literally not what it's become. Freestyle has turned into this sort of... They, they recycle these little disses about each other and stuff like that. It's not real improvisation, whereas the original freestyle was every word that's coming out of my mouth is fairly new. I've never said this pattern of words before. I'm making up ideas that sometimes are nonsensical because my mouth is moving while my brain is literally creating the next few words. Um and it's a fun exercise, and I, I used to teach lots of people to do it, and it's really hilarious. And and they always go home with a. They used to go home with a mento cassette. That's how long I got this one. <laughs> Wait, uh, a what kind of cassette? A metal, a, a metal, cassette? a memento, you oh, know, a me- memento, yeah, yeah, of, of the day of them finally figuring out how to do it and getting four or eight lines out of their mouth before they start laughing so hysterically at themselves because they said something that makes no sense whatsoever, but still sounds like rap music. So anyway, yes, the process very often um, is, you know, you just stumble into a couple of words that sound really cool over a certain rhythm. You know, the cadence of your words as they're coming out of your mouth sound really cool over a very specific syncopated rhythm or straight rhythm or whatever. Mm. All right. So the place where I sidetracked you, you had 
presented the like shared your your lyrics with a couple of other people and then realized like oh i'm just gonna do this myself yeah and so i started with just that second chorus um and thought it was just gonna be like a song about the new york activists of which while I consider myself, of course, an activist, I'm definitely an activist, but I'm not really the street activist that a lot of guys are that this song is really, uh, you know, an homage to. It's really dedicated to the Rob Banks of the world, the, the you know, the, the all, all of all of the guys who were on the streets, guys and girls, men and women. Sorry, not just I don't mean I mean guys in the in the familiar sense of everybody. But anyway, um, I thought it was just going to be that because that first little second chorus is really just about New Yorkers. Um, And then out of the blue, the first few lines of an actual verse came. And I realized that I just kind of wanted to make music that people could bob their heads to that all of the activists everywhere could relate to in, in animal rights and animal welfare and animal advocacy could really get and digest. And then more and more of it came. And I was like, all right, this is a thing. Maybe I'll figure out how to, how to, you know, sometimes I'm just writing it. It's not that I've never written music over the years, sometimes just writing it for fun. And this went from just for fun to wanting to give it away to somebody else to going, all right, I'm going to do this. Let me figure out how to get in touch with somebody who can help me because I have no gear. I have no gear right now. You know, my gear is limited to just a few instruments lying around, no recording workstation, no sequencer, stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. And then the magic happened. And then the <laughs> magic happened. Then we, um, I forced you to do it, even though I don't think that you were really wanting to in the beginning. You weren't sure that you wanted to get involved in the in it. And and, I, you know, I, I don't think hip hop or rap is really your preferred style of music. And, and and once we got down to it and thought about these couple of samples, um, I think it all just started to fall into place pretty easily. And you got into it. Yeah. Yeah. And like just to just to clarify like any resistance had also a lot to do with just my own kind of like creative bullshit i've been going through lately and it was that like oh oh, like don't make me don't make me be creative i can't do like whatever that kind of stuff was and just me being fussy but i did love it and once we got into those samples like i was really like feeling and did i even say this there's so much um one of my favorite electronic bands ever is the art of noise did we talk about this i'm not sure i think maybe we did yeah it just reminds like so much of like creating the the beats that we created out of like samples and like sounds that weren't necessarily a snare drum or a kick drum you know like there was a lot of or like we and there's some animal like animal samples that you captured at tamerlane farm where i've also captured samples for my own stuff right um it was fun, like putting that stuff together, and especially hearing it. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and that's also one of the beautiful things of of hip hop and rap music is you literally don't have to be a talented instrumentalist to 
to engage in making hip hop or rap. You know, these there are there are lots of art forms and sciences that are very simple to participate in and you can't necessarily be great at it, you know, any more than any other art form or science unless you work at it. But the idea that you can just start and play with with these things like that um, makes it fun and being able to toy around with all those, all these different things. I mean, I started when I started, so I had the first like home sequencer sampler, you know, workstation ever made the EPS, 16 you know and sonic eps 16 oh, yeah um and i had one of those too we've talked about this we must have right. yeah and before i even had that i was sampling with a digital delay because a digital delay has echo in it you can actually it can actually save us you know it had 20 seconds of memory in, a, in an original before you could buy a home sampler before you could even get one um and I used to have to sample things and play them for four minutes straight with my finger and using the little button on a digital delay and trying to make that accurate for four minutes is one of the most frustrating things you can possibly imagine because the button was never good. It's not a good thing. It's just an on and off switch. And so sometimes it would take me like I remember one of the first difficult samples I took was an Aerosmith bass line. And playing this boom but the but the boom 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 but the but the boom 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 oh shit boom boom and play that for 4 minutes straight and like 3 minutes and 50 seconds into it you miss the button or you hit it you know a couple of seconds late and you're like an entire day of just trying to play the baseline is so much fun it makes me want to fucking kill somebody yeah but yes and so we would do that too we would Sample somebody kicking a cardboard box for a kick drum or we would, you know, do all kinds of things. I also, by the way, I come from a family of musicians. And for instance, my cousin used to have this massive shotgun mic in D.C. and he would just point it out the window and he would just take like one of those big, long mics with this big umbrella thing. Oh, yeah. And he would just point, I guess it's called a parabolic mic or I don't know what I it's think, called. I think that's the word. I think it's parabolic mic. And so he would just point it at random shit across the street and then turn all of those sounds into music as well. Mm. Yeah, there's something that was real, like a different kind of magic about making music like that. It was a pain in the ass. But yeah. that that like sort of like scrappy energy of like, huh, I want to make this particular thing happen and here's right. what i have yeah i wonder if i could somehow fuck around and make that happen and yeah, like yeah, when yeah. you do it's really super cool yeah it was a lot of fun i uh, really enjoyed it so you're working on some other tracks you have some other things in the works i do so while that song while, while no excuse is um is fun and i am proud of it and i enjoyed it i'm super excited about the next couple of songs that I have in the works. And this is difficult for me because as a professional musician, I was just a vocalist. That was, that was the only instrument that, that I excelled at really. I played lots of instruments. I mean, I started on trumpet um, when my uncle, who was a famous jazz trumpet player in the city in the seventies, gave me his backup show horn um, and moved through keyboards and all different kinds of things. I was never great at any of them. Not, not, you know, good enough to play a riff and sample because I could play it 50 times and then sample one, Yeah, you know? Um, 
but never good enough. And so these new songs are uh, singer songwriter material, you know, sung vocals, not rapped vocals. Um, and me playing acoustic guitar or electric guitar. So spending time trying to get my hands good enough to be able to play um, has been a big portion of it. Also, the silliness of not realizing that I should write songs that are easier to play. For instance, songs, this next song is all bar chords, 100% bar chords the entire time, which if you're smart, you don't do that because you realize your hand needs a break in the, you know, in the middle. But I didn't write with that in mind, you know, because you don't think about it when you, when it's not your main instrument. But anyway, yes, I have two new songs coming. The next one, um, uh, like us, I should have an acoustic version of that online in a few weeks. Um, and then we'll be doing an electric, you know, a, a, like an electronica, old school electronica version of it, I'm hoping. And then there's a second song even, which is coming, which is going to be very punk rockish, I think, which means I've pulled out my electric guitar for the first time in years and trying to figure out how to play that one. Uh, so cool. I love it. I, and having heard like in a similar way that you described sharing your uh, your words for no excuse with people, I've heard like us. Right. Like you, I've yeah. heard you kind of sing it to me. So it's, it's going to be cool. I think so. I'm going to really, I'm going to be, I'm actually very proud of that song and really hope that I think there's a different depth to the lyrics and they're more heartfelt and easier to identify with for the larger demographic of, of people that I'm aiming at, mm-hmm. you know, um, one of the interesting things, of course, about making a rap song for the animal rights community is they're not exactly the demographic that's like hardcore hip hop heads. Right. You know, they're, 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 animal rights people are usually punk rock or hippie and very little in between, you know. So uh, so I, I think people are going to really like this one. And I'm really excited about working on it. And it feels just like it has it's a little richer and a little more depth and a little more sophisticated musically, I believe. Mm. I can't wait. You know, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, let's talk about uh, Animals First on the Second. Like, this is a global movement that you started, right? Yeah. Um, I'm super excited about the direction that it's been going in. It's been almost three years now, three years ago, um, on World Day for Farmed Animals, which was the original yearly fast against slaughter, um, mm-hmm. started by Alex Hershaft and the farm animal rights movement. Um, I realized that it wasn't an initiative that they were really pushing for much anymore, this yearly fast against slaughter that they were doing. They just really hadn't updated their little web page about it. And really, there was nothing online about it that year. And so I contacted um, Eric, who was the marketing director, I think, for Farm at the time. Yeah, Eric, and, um, I'm messing up his name. Starts with an L. 
Yeah. Uh, he's been on, yeah, Lindstrom. He's been on Lindstrom. the podcast too. Eric Lindstrom. And so he said, yeah, Alex thinks it's like he's going to keep doing it, but he doesn't want it to be one of our issues. He thinks everybody sees it as very welfareist, this fasting against slaughter <coughs> on World Day for Farmed Animals on Gandhi's birthday as well. Um, gave people the impression that we just wanted to feed animals before we fucking took them to the slaughterhouse and killed them, which is, of course, not what vegans are about. Most of us are not welfareists. We're abolitionists at heart. Um, whether or not we call ourselves that, I think pretty much all vegans are really abolitionists. Um, and so I was like, okay, do you mind if I turn it into something else and, and go with it and run with it? And so I was like, I want to make it this monthly thing, which will happen on the second day of every month. So it coincides with October 2nd, World Day for Farmed Animals. Um, And the other major thing that when I used to participate in this every year is the big complaint was, who the fuck knows you're fasting? Who knows, man? You're just doing it for yourself. This is nothing, bro. This, this, This is not helping animals. If anything, it's like it's hurting the vegan food market because your vegans aren't buying food that day. Like vegans only sit around and buy vegan food, quote unquote. Right. Um, Real quick, while you're taking a drink of water, I just yeah. want to make sure for people who are listening who don't know what it is that the animals ah. first on the second is a day that people fast. You could probably explain it better than me. Correct. Animal. I'm sorry. So animals first on the second is a monthly global vegan advocacy campaign on the second day of every month we fast and wear an enigmatic mark on our hand which is an x with a circle around it meant to represent an empty plate with crossed unused utensils on it um because animals are starved on the way to slaughter we're calling attention to this as one of the many ways that we treat animals as things, as commodities, as it's okay to starve them for a few days um, because they're nothing. They're unfeeling, you know, non-sentient things when we know, in fact, they are feeling and they are sentient and this is excruciating for them, this, this thing. And so we fast in hopes wearing this mark that people will say, hey, what's that mark on your hand? And we can say, oh, well, today I'm fasting in solidarity with the millions of animals that will be starved on their way to slaughter and hoping that that will open a conversation, an unforced interaction where people can talk about animals and veganism. Mm. Um, And so, yeah, so three years ago, I started this monthly thing and thought, a dozen people would do it with me. And um, the first month, there were about 300 people. The first time, three weeks later, I did my first event. So that was October 2nd, um, 2017. November 2nd, you know, it was, was World Day for Farmed Animals. I called them a week later. I created it November 2nd. It was a few hundred people doing it. And now there are thousands of participants Um you know, it's it's grown this Facebook group where most of the interaction has, you know, grown to almost 7000 people. And then, of course, there's this new issue that I've been dealing with, which is many of our participants in Asia and South America don't even use Facebook. So I've realized that they're all on Instagram and all and they've never even seen the Facebook group. They're all on Twitter and they're all in these crazy places. And, you know, I see them. I see dozens or hundreds of people 
from 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 Japan, um, you know, for instance, and they've just seen pieces of it. I mean, I we have you know an Instagram and a Twitter and and a web you know a website and all of this stuff, but so now my new goal is how to get all of this interaction and all of this wealth of of memes and graphics and 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 all of the merchandise and how to you know different ways to have conversations to all of these people who don't necessarily use Facebook and are in our little Facebook group but yeah it's fun it's big it's it's challenging and i think it's changing a, a lot you know it's it's reaching a lot of people mm. i love it it's been really cool to see and that's i know that you're not doing this for your own <laughs> you know, ego, whatever. But it must be a pretty cool feeling to be like, holy shit, there's this whole other group of people in Japan doing this thing that I didn't even know that they were, you know, like, the thing that you started with, like, which, I mean, starting with 300 people is pretty solid, too. But, like, going from that to, like, where it is now, I think is pretty amazing. Yeah, it's so big that I can't even count how many people. I couldn't even, I can't even estimate anymore. I used to kind of give a guess every month. I would say, I think 500 people did it, or I think 1,000 people did it this month. I have no idea. There's no way to guess now. But yeah, it's a funny thing. I, I'm proud of it. And it's very nice, of course, for people to say, you know, thank you for creating this, or this is valuable. Or, um, But yeah, I don't want it to be about me. And for instance, like I remember in the beginning for the first year, while my face is in a video and on certain things, whenever I made images about it, I always used somebody, another participant. I always used somebody else's face and never really said much about myself. And I remember like running into my friend Dom Thompson at a veg fest about a year later. And I was telling him about all this work I'm doing. And then he realized what I was talking about. And he was like, oh, you started that? And I was like, uh, Maybe this is not the best idea for it to be so anonymous and and, you know, because I want not that I want recognition, but I want people to see who's doing it so that they can support it so that I can get to to bigger, you know, to a bigger reach or more funding, more support, whatever. But, yeah, it's it's great. And as a matter of fact, um, I just got a group of people um, as of yesterday who are going to help me, you know, this, this, uh, activist group of people who do a lot of technical work are going to help me redo the website and all of these things. And so I'm hoping to now grow our presence on Instagram and Twitter and fucking TikTok if I have to. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm, I'm falling in love with TikTok. I gotta say. Guess you gotta do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, we, should wrap this up, but I don't want to wrap it up without talking about your personal training, which is like another way that you advocate for animals, right? Yeah. And I'm also just about to grow this pretty big as well. Um, so yeah, I have a, um, a training studio, a private training studio where I do personal training and nutrition coaching called the workout plant. Um, you can find me at theworkoutplant.com. And um, have been working for about a year now on a very robust online version of that. Um, and 
a a you know a a recipe guide and a meal service and all of these things that will go along with it. But yeah, I train lots of vegans and train lots of people who are not vegans who end up learning tons about plants, who end up learning tons about how to source exercise equipment that is not made of leather and that doesn't exploit animals anyway. All of those different things people tend to learn when they're with me. Um, and all of this has grown out of working with Brooklyn NP, which is a nurse practice, a, a medical office in Brooklyn, where I was a vegan medical office, I should say, in Brooklyn, where I uh, I was the nutrition counselor for about a year. And so grew it into this new business, which is good. I love doing it for a living as my thing now. And yeah, I believe it's also advocating for animals in, in, in the process. So where can we find the track? No excuse. No excuse um, can be streamed on Spotify. Um, I think it may be on, on on one or two of the other services as well. I would have to look, but definitely on Spotify. And you can see it by Izzy um, there. Um, and I think also if you search for this guy named Michael Harron, it might come up under his name as well because he's listed in the track information. Oh, I love it. And the video is on YouTube. The video is great, which you... There's so many. Th- I feel like, oh my god, we didn't even talk about the fact that you created the video by yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. This will have to be on part two. Oh, maybe we'll talk about that in the uh, bonus interview that's going to be for my patrons. Oh. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it was on the YouTube on my YouTube. Is he the veganist? And if you're listening to this, don't panic. If you can't remember all this, you can just go to MikeyPod.com, and I'll have links to all of Izzy's stuff in the show notes for this episode. Awesome. All right. So thanks for talking to me, Izzy. Thank you, Michael. And thus concludes my interview with Izzy Jacobus. Thanks for being on the show, Izzy. Thank you, listeners, for listening. Thank you, patrons, for patroning. And thank you, me, for meeting. What? No. Okay. Uh, next week's guest is going to be Carl St. Lucy, a composer who just did a really incredible show online um you'll hear all about it and i think that's it check out my uh, patreon.com slash michael heron for bonus podcasts this week more conversation with izzy and there are like 30 or 40 bonus podcasts there that you'll immediately have access to if you become a patron that said if you can't become a patron or you're not interested in becoming a patron i'm so grateful you're listening to this podcast at all so thank you for just consuming this thing that i do um, it's really cool to see people downloading and listening. And if you love it or you hate it, send me an email, MikeyPod at gmail.com. I would really love to hear from you. I rarely hear from people who listen to the show. So don't feel like, oh, he probably gets a lot of emails because I don't. And I love hearing from people. I love it. I love it. All right. Thanks for listening. See you next week.